Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. Happy 2022, Monica. 2022, Dan. Oh, it's here. It's here. It's here. New year. And we start with a huge guest, figuratively and literally. That's right. Dwayne Wade is a three-time NBA champion, an Olympic gold medalist, a producer, an activist, and a philanthropist. And he has a smile that won't quit. Yeah, gang. It was really thrilling to just be in the same room as Monica, observing Dwayne. He was stunning. Yeah, it was incredible. He has a new book out. He's written a couple, A Father's First and Shady Baby. He has a new book, Dwayne, which is so beautiful. It's stunning. It's a photographic memoir, and it's a deep dive into one of the greatest players we've ever had. Yeah. Please enjoy Dwayne Wade. We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here, and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. He's an No, my shoe contract is in China. I don't have like a Nike deal. But you must collect Jordans. You know, I only have one pair of Jordans. One pair? What model year? My favorite pair, the first Jordans ever. The ones? Yeah, the ones. Made his feet bleed up when he played in them. Yeah, what is the band? Those called the band. Like is the, it? That was the colorway that, that Jordan wore some. And, ah. um, I keep those in storage because I can't never wear them. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. I still, you know, it's the first pair of shoes I fell in love with, so... Yeah, I wonder, like, we're such different ages. I think I'm a good, like, seven, eight years older. Than, yeah. What year were you born? 82. Yeah, seven years. I'm 75. So when I was in high school, the fours were out in ninth grade. The fifths came out in 10th grade. I couldn't afford either. So now I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's crazy how it works. Yeah. Right? Like, I remember when um, the, uh, the Pat Leathers came out, the Pat Leather Jordans came out, the black and red, you know, yeah. breads. And my cousin, who at the time, shout out to Antoine Wade, Woog, we call him. He had a job. He worked at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He saved his money up every week. He was working throughout the summer and all that. And I was just over there relaxing. Sure. <laughs> Romancing. Yeah, relaxing. I was just chilling for the summer, but he was working. <laughs> and I remember the day the Jordans came out and he went and stood in line. Uh, and like back in the day, you had to get there early, you know, maybe the day before. Like yeah. it was that kind of thing. Foot Locker probably. Yeah, it was one. Yeah, Foot Locker. Uh-huh, it was Foot Locker. Uh-huh. He had a little friend that was, I'm going to put one on the side. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
But long story short, he came in with the Jordans, and I remember like when he brought them in the room. I remember just staying at them for about an hour. Yeah, just They're like this special. is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Even the box, the box they come in, it's like glistening. I mean, they are, and like so. That's the reason I started my own shoe brand is because of growing up in Chicago, idolizing Michael Jordan. Yeah, and so from that love, you know, I thought, you know what, let me try it. I can't decide because we've actually interviewed now a handful, oddly enough, from the 2003 draft. This is getting suspicious. Like we've only interviewed a handful of players. Yeah. And three or four of them were in the 2003 draft. So, so you're like older interviewers. We <laughs> 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 like a mature like player. people who can speak on their experience. It's only because Lambeer wasn't available. So we. <laughs> but uh, I sometimes I'm like, I vacillate between either thinking it was amazing that y'all grew up with Jordan or I feel terrible y'all grew up with Jordan. Mm. I, can't, I can't figure out where I land on it. It's got to be a bit of both. But doesn't everyone have a Jordan? Do like they? every era has a LeBron is this era's or Kobe Bryant, Kareem or Magic, like Larry, and the list goes on and on, right? So I, I think everyone. I guess, but I do this. think Jordan's more like Abe Lincoln. Like, sure. Okay. I get what you, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's a different level of goatness, is what I, you're saying? I think so, don't you think? <laughs> like, yeah, I know, yeah. Yes, I think, yes. Yeah, like when I think, let's just say for Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan, when they were growing up in the shadow of Bird and Magic, yeah. those were achievable goals. Five championships, <laughs> uh, that was achievable goal? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well, Michael Jordan has spoiled us, man. Uh, well, but, but you could pass these guys, other than yeah, Bill Russell, right? What did he have, 11 or yeah, something? 11. You know, just a light 11. <laughs> just, okay, those take, achievable goals. <laughs> I know, coaching the team and playing on it at the same time? Yeah, that sounds likely yeah. to happen to someone. Okay, maybe you're right, but I do feel like for y'all, like the best you could do is ultimately end up like being seen as an equal, maybe. It's hard to now pass Jordan. I say, let's keep living. Okay. And All we right. keep living. Sounds like I'm more hung up on this than you. <laughs> yeah. I just, You've I thought mean, about I it. I just a lot. watched the game. Like, like, I watched players play today and, like, I thought I was good. And I'm like, I can't, they're way better than me. Oh, you think, does it generally get better? Yes. It does. Like, it, I mean, like, of course, these, these goats, these names that we throw out, yeah. it's not going to just be a, a lot of those players. But, the game continue to keep moving forward. And so we're going to continue to see things we've never seen before. And the eyes are going to get younger and younger. As I, <laughs> We're not going to be ones having a conversation about the GOATs. Now it's going to be the younger, younger, younger generation. And they're going to forget about Jordan like we forget about Kareem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess from my memory, he just was so many things. He got all the championships, but also largely a one-man show, but also could include everyone when, when that was necessary. Some of these other players i'm gonna get off this but topic because like, i know you're like you know what the last thing i need to do is come here and talk to you about basketball well now i'm gonna say now, okay, I, okay. now i'm roped in okay. but i think that he was the first one that transcended if you don't care about basketball you still care about him you might still have a picture of him on your wall even if you don't really care about basketball well yeah he was the first icon yeah exactly in in basketball i believe right yeah yeah he was michael jackson level yes mike totally. tyson level yes and that's why it's hard for anyone to jump over the jump man because yeah. of the iconicness of being the first. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the end of the day. He was the first. I mean, Jordan was global, like before anybody knew 
anything about global. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. I grew up in Chicago. So, I, I mean, we could sit here and be like, oh, it's, it's eight o'clock. Like, I could talk Jordan, Jordan. basketball. <laughs> then you must have hated my Detroit Pistons. Or were I you did. too young? No, no, no. I was, okay. You're never too young to hate the Pistons. <laughs> Dre, we from Chicago, man. We, listen, and Isaiah Thomas is oh, from Chicago. He is. And he's a Chicago, like, you know, he's the greatest player in Chicago. Yeah. Growing up young, I didn't grow up watching Isaiah, so I didn't really understand the Chicago connection at the time. Yeah. I just knew he was on the Pistons, and I couldn't stand him. That's right. And I love him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love you, Yeah, he, I mean, he is like the original hoop dream dude, Isaiah, for Chicago. He Like, he was the pride of that place and yeah enemy number one can you imagine being enemy number one in your hometown where you were right that, <laughs> that's a crazy ride yeah i've been on the other side of that them booze in your hometown so yeah i know a little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I, a little bit about it i gotta make one argument for isaiah to elevate him if i can if you'll indulge me yes i will <laughs> you just were outside and you're like i said i'm into cars oh what kind of cars are you into and then i point to this old stupid station wagon that's really fast and what i like about it is no one at a stoplight thinks you're going to smoke them in that. I like being underestimated. Facts. And Isaiah was suspiciously cute. He was real cute. And you might think he was weak. And then this dude plays game seven on a broken ankle. Broken ankle. Yeah. All 48 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I dig that. I dig the guy with the smile is the toughest guy in the game. There's something <laughs> about it I really yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I love how you just broke that down. <laughs> I know why this uh, podcast is so successful. <laughs> oh, it's a full therapy session. Get ready. It's Lie awesome. down. I try to imagine like what my main desire is when I'm interviewing someone that I'm, I'm fascinated with. Like, What is the cornerstone of what I think is unique about them? Like, When I'm watching your documentary and I'm reading about you, the, the number one thing that pops out to me that is so different from myself is something I'm going to broadly label confidence. And there's two real moments where I'm in awe of your inner confidence in the lane you're in. One is your mom was an addict. I know what this is like. I know two different households, stepbrothers, stepsisters, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Your mom ends up going to jail and you haven't been with her much. And then she gets out and you're in the playoffs in college and you're like, come. Mm. Yeah. Dude. He said, dude. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking big. I admire that. And I'm so, I'm punitive. Like, I want to punish the people that didn't show up for me. I'm resentful. I just, I can't believe, especially I imagine you were, what, 20 years old at that point where you make that decision? Yeah, yeah I was, um, yeah, around 2021, 20, yeah. How do you have that level of, like, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to recognize that what you did was was your journey and was isn't reflective of how you felt about me. Like, these are all really, I think, 40-year-old realization. Yeah, that I didn't have at the time. I didn't have this perspective that okay. I have at 39. Right. So at the time, it was just, and it plays into today, I just always have, I lead everything with love. And if I love you, I don't judge you by how you decide to live your life. Uh -huh. I knew my mom was going through something that I didn't understand, but I knew I loved her, that I had an influence in her life. And so I wanted to use my influence to get her to the space that she's in today. Yeah. But not really understanding everything, I just knew in my sister and I and our family, we just knew that love was going to be the final answer. And it wasn't going to be from the hate or the pointing of the fingers. And because as we've learned now that we're older, we all have our own journey in life. And sometimes the steps that we take left or right, it affects someone behind us. 
And we're doing it selfishly because we're living life ourselves. Yeah. I'm pretty busy thinking about myself, to be honest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think about me a lot all day. You take the wrong <laughs> step sometimes. And my mom took a bad step and she never could get back on track. And it took us as a family and, and obviously her hard work and God's will mm-hmm. to get her back on track. But when you were a kid, I guess my assumption, and maybe I'm wrong, is that when that was happening, you didn't allow her actions to inform you about whether or not she loved you. Right. That seems almost impossible for a child to do. I guess she loved me a lot. I guess she put a lot of love into (laughs) me. Because it never, it has never questioned my mind if my mother loved me or not. Okay. Were you religious? Are you, were you? Our family was. Mm -hmm. Like my grandma, I go to church every Sunday. My mom, eventually, she became a pastor. She gave up the church. Um, she lived out here now, and she's still preaching in her own way, but she became a pastor, I think, for about 15 years. Oh, wow. And for me, I've always just went along with understanding a, a higher being and being in and out of church as a kid, not really liking the hours. I did never liked the hours sure. in church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a bad check mark for the comfort there, too. Yeah. Those wooden those, fucking those, pews those, you said. Yeah, those Come ain't on. it. Those ain't it. <laughs> but <laughs> just along the journey, our family has always felt a covering in a sense. Well, I've always felt the covering in the people around but in the midst of that covering we all have our own paths in life and Mm -hmm. it took my mom to go down her path for me to clear out a a path for me because I was able to see something different unfortunately it took her to go that way it took my dad to go this way for me to see something okay I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna do this or and so I'm thankful for their journey you have an older sister Tregill yeah yeah she's probably part of that bedrock oh she runs the family she runs it yeah she runs the family yeah, so, God, how do I articulate this? Well, we had Carmelo on and talk a lot about his book and growing up in Baltimore and Chris Bosch and his own experience. Yeah. And then you, Southside of Chicago, mom's shooting dope. Yeah. You get out of there. You go live with dad. That's great for a minute. Then dad's drinking gets out of hand. Then we go back, and now we're with mom slash grandma. That's, I don't think people actually recognize the amount of trauma that's happening for so many people and I think it's easy to write it off, but it's like every time for me that I have to deep dive, I'm like, yo, this is a lot of shit. Yeah. It's, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Was sports something that gave you confidence and esteem? Like, how are you so resolved? Yes. Going back, I, after I left my dad at 16, I moved in with my oh, your and girlfriend. Been my girlfriend, and been in my wife, and it been my, you know, Zaya and Zaire's mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, Yes, I wrote at the in, in my book. I, I have this poem at the end, and it's called "Game Over." And I like to write. I don't, I don't know if I'm good, but I like to put words together. And I wrote a poem, and in that poem, I talk to the game of basketball, and I, I'm thanking the game of basketball for giving me my self esteem mm. and giving me my voice and showing me how to lead and not quit. And you know all these things. Like I'm thanking the game for all these fundamentals in life that I use every day or that I pass down to my kids. I'm get it all from the game of basketball. So yeah, it definitely, it, it became, we say sanctuary, but it just, it became like your best friend. It became you know, <laughs> yeah. everything yeah. because yeah. that was the only thing to take you out of the truth in life, what was really going on. It's the ultimate distraction. Yeah. Yes. And I would add that since there was so much chaos, it's nice to gravitate towards something with structure and rules and you can't go out of bounds here and you can't, you know, that's probably yeah. a nice break from yeah. Chaos. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. order to that game. That's true. Yeah, it is. I mean, even retiring now, I'm used to structure. I'm used to yeah. getting wake up calls. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? And now it's like, I got to get up and do it myself. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to work out myself. And like, I'm so used to my whole life has been, hey, wake up calls coming at seven. We got this, we got to you know, shoot around from this time or practice at this time. And then the plane is at this time. And and so it's been so structured. And now it's really on me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. No one's calling me. I got to push myself. Ain't no yeah. coach saying, get your <laughs> You know, it's no one pushing you no more. It's, yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe if you're in a relationship, maybe a significant other will push you and say some things. But like, yeah, it ain't like like sports. It's like every day your teammates pushing you when you having a bad day, when you're not making shots. They the ones smacking you on the butt, hitting you in the back of the head. They the ones grabbing you. Come on, you got this. Yeah. In this world, no one's telling me I got this, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, not like that. I'm not saying my people around me well, don't I got kind of, me. I gave you a lot of praise for your outfit. <laughs> when, not when like I, that. I, got, I got a lot of great people. But like the everyday, like to let you know that you are worthy. Mm-hmm. To let you know that. That you, you have know, purpose. Yes, that you have purpose. And yeah. like you don't get that. Some days you got to look in the mirror and t- keep telling yourself you got purpose. You are worthy. And it's a different motivation out here for me than it was playing basketball. I watched like a Brett Favre documentary that went really into detail about this civilians would think this kind of depression that's kind of predictable for people who retire after a long career in sports the civilian thinks oh yeah they're not getting adored every weekend anymore you know there's not fans they don't have fans and none of that is the truth but the truth is being on a team is is a huge sense of purpose as you just said like it's it's really what i think a lot of players end up dealing with depression over is that loss of this community that they were in all the time. Yeah. All that stuff is so crazy comforting. Yeah, it is. And I think what people forget about athletes, to be a great athlete, the dedication and the commitment that comes to becoming great, it takes you away from really being great at anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you got, yeah. You got those special athletes that plays music while they play basketball <laughs> or football. Or, like, you got some real talented ones, but like... Let's just talk about the ones who's just good at basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so to try to become great at basketball, you have to focus everything on basketball. And so once you've done that and you've had your career and it's over and it's like, okay, retirement here. And they're like, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? You haven't really had time to go to school and get a master's on nothing else, to get your bachelor in nothing else. Like you've been doing this and you mastered it, but now it's over. And so if you don't go back into the field of this, what you've mastered... What are you doing? Yeah, that's there, tricky. There's also two really bizarre paradigms that exist almost only in sports. One, if you chart the trajectory of most Americans' earning potential, it's pretty much a nice diagonal all the way up till they're 52 years old or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. So they had no money before they knew how to manage money. And then they started learning, and then they got more money, and they mm-hmm. more practice at managing money and making decisions. And then right when you're like 50 and you're pretty boring, you've done it all, they give you the most amount of money. And this is flipped. Like, you're 21. Here's this insane <laughs> amount of money. Take it. You, you got no experience <laughs> managing a checkbook or doing anything. Nothing. Here it all is. And then also, yeah, you're going to reach master level at 35 and then buy. That is so bizarre. Normally, you'd be probably mentoring people that worked at your job. You'd be seen as this elder. You'd be celebrating. Like, you'd be carrying in that mastership yeah. for the last stage of your life. And yeah. for y'all, it's like, yeah, it's it's really unique and bizarre. Yeah. Are you the type of person that can ask for advice? Like, do you have mentors that you, you call and say, like, huh, so I'm four months out. Uh, <laughs> yes. What did you do? Yes, I am not too egotistical of a person or too much of a narcissist to not ask for advice or something I don't know. I did that in, in school when I was in class and I didn't want to raise my hand. That's over with. Yeah. Like, this is life out here. This is real. 
And so when I retired, first person I reached out to was Michael Strahan. Because oh, really? of the transition from football, being a great athlete, to TV. Yeah. And having a personality. And I said, well, people say I may, I can do good on TV. Let me. And so I reached out to Michael and he gave me, you know, all the, the information I needed. When I was wanted to reach out to someone in business, I reached out to Magic Johnson. Right. Uh-huh. So I'm always the guy who is willing to ask questions, who's willing to now raise my hand and say, mm, I don't know that. Yeah. 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 Can, yeah, you, yeah. can you explain that to me? And it's just from once again, like I've been so focused on trying to be great in one sport. And yes, I feel like I got other talents, but those talents may be still at level two and three and ain't at 10 yet. Like basketball was at the top. Right. And so I don't know everything and I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to ask the questions. I'm willing to actually put the work in to actually learn things, but it takes a lot of work. I also, I wonder if you have a bizarre relationship with learning. Like obsessed with learning. Well, (laughs) here's what I maybe wrongly assume is that when you're an athlete, a collegiate athlete. Yeah. You have to get X grades to do the thing you actually want to do. So just the framing of it is very weird. It's just basically like learning is going to be something that you just fucking have to deal with so you can do the thing you love. I don't think that's how learning is generally presented to people. Just even the difference between like, oh, I've gone to college because I want to learn about X, Y, or Z versus I've gone to college to play basketball and now I have to maintain some grade point. Like, I would resent it if it were me. You know what I'm saying? You resent learning? I would resent learning if that was the thing that could potentially keep me from doing the thing I love. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it, it has. So I, I don't know, you know how much you guys know, but I was academically ineligible. Well, I learned that about you. I was like, he was amazing as a senior in high school and then freshman. Where was he yeah, at? Yeah. And, and so, was, yes, I learned that. So I didn't pass my ACT. Uh, you had to get, uh, with my grade point average, I think I needed to get a 19 or something. I, I probably got a 17 at best. Uh-huh. Uh, I tried to study for it. I just, I couldn't. I, <laughs> I couldn't focus for four hours. I had a lot of things that I didn't know probably that I needed help with to try to take this test to get me in college. Like, I went through my whole career. I played good enough to get a scholarship. Yeah. I've got great grades throughout my high school career to be able to play and, and make honor roll at times and all this. And then now I have to pass this test to go play college basketball. And if I don't pass... You don't get to play. And some kids don't get to go to school. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be able to still get a scholarship. I just couldn't play in the games. So I was able to go to school. Okay. fucked up. I'm so mad at it. Me too. I'm so, so mad at it. I think they changed that rule, like, finally. I think, like, recently. They have to because you can buy a score. It's so unfair. I mean, I did. I took an SAT prep course, like, multiple times. My parents could pay for it. They wanted me to do it. And... And I raised my score by a ton because of that only, not because I was smarter than and not, you know, or smarter than anyone else. This may be going too far, but I do feel like a lot of this stuff fits perfectly. Like, how are we going to keep black folks from voting? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say you have to say how many jelly beans are on the counter before we'll let you vote. We're going to make you do this. for Like, it stinks to me of like one last like... Well, let's just kind of fuck with them here. Like, you got to have this magic score. So arbitrary. Who's good at the test? Who's not good at the test? And and basically, I'm going to take the last seven years of your life that you've been working on every fucking day, and I'm going to decide it in four hours for you. (laughs) In four hours. That is a fucked notion. I just think it's... And I I mean, you know, I've watched so many people's dreams get derailed. Right. I mean, think about it. A kid from the inner city of Chicago. Mom is in jail. Dad is dealing with his demons, and I'm trying to do this. I'm, I'm out there. I'm performing. I ain't really eating a lot of food. I don't got clothes and shoes and food. Yeah. So I'm already behind an eight ball, but all those things are making me a hungrier athlete. Not a greater athlete, a hungrier athlete. But you get to the point where you think you got it. Okay, I'm on my way out, and boom, here goes something else. 
And it's like every time you get hit with something else, it's hard to dust it off and keep going. And so to be not only make it to the NBA, not only to be able to retire from the NBA, but to be able to walk away as one of the greatest that's played, it's a miracle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. a miracle. Literally. And I'm not talking about me as giving myself credit. Any story like that yeah. Yeah, Carmelo, is Chris, a miracle. Y- yes. <laughs> totally. Know? That's what, yeah, Carmelo said. He was like, the miracle isn't being in the NBA. He said it so beautifully. Like, it's getting it, out of that Yeah, it's system. not, the miracle isn't having the talent. The miracle is like getting there. Yeah, it's yeah. all the other things to get out. Yeah. Yes, yes, You know, yes. and there's so many things to knock you back down. Yes, and also, I just got to add two more things about that. So one is you're taking the test in a pressurized situation that no one else is. Your entire life, virtually, is gonna be decided by your fucking ACT. No one there is up against that. No one's life, dream, and pursuit is on the table in an ACT score, so that's different. I think we just came up with a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Can no you one enters that, that room on a Saturday yeah. like, well, I've dedicated my life to this and it can end right now. Or I, because you can't join the NBA at that point. No, right. no. I'm sweating on my way over there. <laughs> Do you understand what that Saturday felt like? Like, if I don't pad, like the last one, I think I took three. Uh-huh. The last one was really the last one before, like, it was a, the last test you can take before school starts mm. the, the next year to, in college. And I remember driving to that last ACT and just, if I don't do this, like it's over, oh. you know? yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah, over, yeah. and I'm in there sweating, and I, and then two and a half hours in, I'm like, ah, I don't know none of this. Yeah. What am I even reading this for? What am I even taking this test for? Let me just C C D A B. Like, let me get yeah. out of here because I don't know none of this. You get overwhelmed. You get overwhelmed. Yeah. You also are special in that you played basketball. You were good. You knew what winning felt like. You know what it's like to get knocked down and and come back up most people don't know that feeling at all so they take the punches and the hurdles and they don't know that it's going to work out they don't know that they can get back up so like that is something sports teaches is resilience and most people don't have that yes and then my other issue with it is it's all a lie so it's like we want college basketball and we want great college basketball players, and we're going to give scholarships to great basketball players. And we acknowledge that to be a great college basketball player, you had to be a great high school player, which meant you played all the. That's what you studied. Yeah. That's what it takes. So this notion that like you should have also been putting two, three hours into this other thing is like, who are we pretending these human beings are? But we get scholarships though. Oh, so yeah, you should that, you should bow down and thank that everyone. That erases yeah. all of that. You should be so grateful. <laughs> you should be grateful, and I was grateful to have a scholarship and have the opportunity. Not saying I was not. Yeah. But now knowing it, looking at it from this side, you're like, oh my, what? <laughs> well, yeah. I like, think there's a lot of things. You can be grateful, but also you can recognize that Marquette profited greatly from giving you whatever the amount of the scholarship was. So pretty good return on investment, ROI. Well, yeah, because it goes forever. Marquette still has my likeness. Yeah, they recruit on your name still, yeah, and they still. sell stuff. So yeah, it's they're not forever. doing you a favor. Yeah, yeah, Right. If I were you, I'd be like, I am grateful, and <laughs> I can't co-sign on that you've done me a favor. Yeah, no. That would be the part that no, would bump de- de- for me. Definitely not a favor. Definitely yeah. not a favor. I mean, not how my career turned out and, and how everything worked out there. You wouldn't 
look at that as a favor, but I'm sure it's I get to get some bad ROI now that I think about it. Yeah. They let some kids in that don't pan out. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot. Not a everyone. Lot. Not everyone's Dwayne but Wade. Some things are just about the timing of it, man. It's just a, it's really just a divine time in life. Like me going to Marquette and Coach Cream being there and in this life that I'm living, from nineteen years old, I've been leading a pack of people my family. And I've been leading them with a blindfold on in the dark because I have no examples in front of me from the standpoint of no one in my family has ever walked these hallways that I'm walking. Yeah, you don't have an uncle you can call and be like, hey, when you got your $28 million paycheck, what no. did you do with that money? <laughs> I talked to my son about this. I didn't call my dad and say, dad, it's hard out here. I didn't have that. Yeah. And so like I tell my son, I say, you know, you, that's one of the blessings that God gave you. He gave you me to be able to call and say, dad, I don't understand this. And I can say, well, son, since I've done it, bop, bop, bop. I didn't have that. Yes. And so I always say like, once again, you talk about a miracle. I don't know how we sitting here all together right now, like literally blindfold on in the dark. And yeah. it's like, you feel like every step you take is about to fall off the cliff. But you also understand the position that you're in of power in your family you know someone has to take a step yeah. yeah, because no one has been afforded positions to take the step. And if they have, they've been afraid to. And every step is scary because it's dark. You be able sometimes to get a mentor to tell you in your ear, hey, don't go left, go right. Yeah, yeah. Mentors help you along this journey, but still. We're going to get into one of those mentors, but I got to add, you go to Marquette with a child. Yeah, well, I had a child at Marquette. Okay, what, like, you're, you with, weren't playing basketball, yeah. you got bored? Yeah, and, well, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, NCAA, for my son. I appreciate you guys. He's amazing. <laughs> you would have got a 19, you wouldn't have had a kid. I would not. I'd have been too focused on playing games. You know what I'm saying? You've been worn out. I, was, I ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> but, I mean, you just throw that into the mix. Yeah. So there's, like, two more years where, yeah, you're a dad. Yeah, <laughs> I, got a, yeah. I got a newborn. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry that that's too much pressure for me. Yeah. I would have fucking just can't imagine like it's, it's kid like, on the way. Uh -uh. You're not playing. Oh, I cried. Oh, you must have. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was over. <laughs> I would not be that guy to say no. I no. I cried like a little baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, my life's over. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they tell you, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so mentors. I just want to talk about him. I'm, I'm praying because sometimes I never know what really happens behind the scenes, as no one knows. But from my outside opinion, Shaquille O'Neal is someone to be studied in a way of health. So glad you said that. Dax yeah. loves Shaq. I so, love I'm him so, glad you said so much because he, he has done this thing that I think is almost impossible to do. He has prioritized his life always at least equal to what he was doing and, and often above. And he's been rewarded for it. He certainly didn't win as many championships as he could have. Mm-hmm. But who gives a flying fuck? Like, I just admire <laughs> that he just went on his own path. Yeah. I, it's really admirable. So when he shows up in Miami and you're in your, what, second or third year there? Well, second season, yeah. And he shows up. And again, I just, I watched your documentary, which is so fucking great. I hope people watch it. It's uh, D. Wade, Life Unexpected. It's so good. Thank it's you. so good. But he shows up, Shaquille, and he's already got a couple championships under his belt, right? Yeah, he got three. He's got three, and he shows up, and he's in the first press conference. He says, yeah, I'm here to help. It's Dwayne's team. Oh, and Dwayne, is, what are you, 24 at the I'm time? 20, no, I'm 22. I'm 23 <laughs> or something. I'm like, I think I'm 22. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm 22 years old. That's yeah. a good move, man. That's yeah. I, I applaud that of him. Man, I love Shaq. Okay, right? good, like, good. Shaq's one of those people who, Shaq's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and I say that, I don't say that in a bad way. I just say it in an amazing way, man. You know, it's like, 
you would never meet another person like Shaq. This is a one of one. We we call him on the set. We just call him one of one, right? Yeah. He's a one of one, and he came to Miami. He totally changed my entire life. He changed my life. Like I never thought I would be living the life I'm living. Even when I was in the NBA, like I never thought I would be here, like where I am. And Shaq came and was like, you know what? Okay, you're pretty good, all right? So I'm about to make you a superstar. Like this is this conversation to me. So I'm about to make you a superstar. You got a little nice physique, okay? Like he look, he's like looking at me. Like, yeah, what he's working with. No, he's working. He's like, okay, okay. You're, you're not quiet. as tall as we would want you to yeah. be, but. Uh... No, if he was six, seven, he's like, you're quiet. I'm telling you, he, he, like, he looked at me like this. Oh like this is, the, this is the greatness and the talent of this human being. Here are your assets. Right? He gave me my assets. He's a manager, essentially. And, right. And yeah. like personality-wise, he was like, okay, we're going to need you to open up a little bit more. It's the, you know, I need you to know where the cameras are. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so, I mean. <laughs> My guy, in 2006, man, we were a show. Oh, I mean, to the point yeah. Pat Riley came down and was like, yo, y'all got to cut this shit out. <laughs> like, it's too much dancing after every fucking shot. Like, yeah. You're all about <laughs> like, to we be were, on ice skates. Oh, we were wild. I mean, it's so many. It's, that's a whole nother documentary that one day, uh, sure, somebody will put together about the 06 Heat team. But Shaq, man, I go back to him. Just so amazing for me as a young kid who he did not know. He didn't have any prior relationship with Yes, he wanted to come to Miami. He wanted to win a, a championship. He wanted to get another championship before Kobe. Everyone knows this. Mm -hmm. And yes, I was the, probably the one he looked at and deemed and said, this is the one that can help me, right? But the work that he put in on me and with me, like, never gets enough credit. Like, I always tell people, like, look at all the things I do. I'm like a mini Shaq still. Like, I'm still doing, like, all the things. Like, but Shaq does, like, all, all, all the things. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I love in the documentary is Shaq came over to his house, like, when he first got to the team, like, come over to meet with him. The house I had, he called it little. I was... <laughs> and they're having a nice chat. And then all of a sudden he looks around and he's like, okay, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you're a star now. Start living oh, wow. like one. Start living like one. I was like, I, you know, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds like he gave you confidence to believe that. Yeah. Yeah, you hadn't done the shit yet. And then, yeah, very quickly thereafter, your jersey sells the most for two years straight. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're both addicted to toothpicks. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and when Monica gets really excited, she needs one. Need and then two. if you really light this thing up, she'll be gnawing on two at the same so time. That'll look for that, yeah. I'm addicted to, uh, I have a lot of, lot of them in a the car right now. I'm addicted to the fluff sticks. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Green, the claw sticks. Those would, are nice. I'm a, yeah, I feel like I should invest in a company that they allow people to invest this. <laughs> and does your wife find them all over the house and be like, oh, fucking, because I'm addicted to these toothpicks. And my wife's like, baby, you yeah, they're got everywhere. to be everywhere. You can see anywhere I'm sad. Bro, in the bed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shower. Everywhere. Everywhere. I'll be like, how did it get here? How is this stick in the toilet? I don't know. It's, yeah, man, my wife, oh my God, my That's wife hilarious. be on me about these green sticks. I put on a pair of pants the other day. I put my hand in my pocket. I was like, okay, either these haven't been washed because there's an old toothpick in the pocket or it went through the washing machine. Yeah. Hey, let's clean. give this another shot. Exactly. <laughs> got clean. Uh, yeah. They also kind of disintegrate. So you'll just have like a pile of little wood in your hand and you just like <laughs> oh, jump yeah, around. Yeah, yeah shards are like, everywhere. Like two are cooler than floss sticks. But two picks, like they fade and fall away yeah. so fast yeah. that it's not even cool no more because it gets soggy and now yeah. it's like, I'm like, there, I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, the woods that. in your mouth. So, <laughs> so you're smoking a doobie all the time. <laughs> yeah, I stick with the plastics. <laughs> Stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare. 
We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob specific. and I received some texts. Yeah, I was morning. locked out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So one of my curiosities about you is, so you know I'm a recovering addict. I came by it honest. I'm like sixth generation. With two addict parents, how have you avoided that? Maybe basketball. Uh, yeah, basketball was an addiction. Yeah. Right? And so I feel like we all have addictions, and, and it just it's, it's levels to it, but they're there. And so that's why we always have to continue to keep working on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? You're like, my mom addiction hasn't went anywhere. Mm-hmm. No. In fact, it's doing push-ups, as so, we say. It's waiting. Yep. Right? It's And so... 
that's why we all have to continue to keep getting better and continue to keep evolving and going out and find the people that can help you get out of these moments because you go to your addiction in those moments of, of loneliness or yeah. confusion. Yeah. Or when your identity is changing and you're uh, retiring and you're defining who you are post-basketball career. That's an easy time probably to find comfort yeah. in other things. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, the first thing I did when I retired was, well, the second thing I did, the first thing I did was hire a vocal coach. Oh. Because I was like, if I'm going to be on TV, this thick Chicago accent, I got to work on it, you uh -huh. know, a little bit and just, you know, work on myself a little bit. Give me more confidence. But the second thing I did was I got a therapist. I was one of those athletes. I was like, I don't need to sit down and no one tell me. And six, seven hours later, I was like, and then, um, you know, when I was three, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, this is, you know, it was amazing. But it was something I needed because I'm coming from a sport where I'm a different person on the court. But I was able to utilize that anger and that, that rage or whatever onto my sport and help me be successful. Well, what, what is going to happen with that same frustration, that anger, that rage? Where is it going? And it normally goes to the people closest to you. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I was like, all right, I got to go work on myself because it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it's just always about better yourself and understanding that we're not perfect. If you go through life and have a few perfect moments, you're blessed. Mm. Well, one thing I would imagine is that your childhood was so chaotic and you had such a little say in what happened yeah and that generally or at least it did in me created a control freak and so mm. not only are you on the court you're in the role of point guard i played one and two okay one and two i, I got scared all of a sudden that you were two guard anyways oh two guard on the on the, on the record on the, books okay yeah. on the record books yeah, yeah but come on <laughs> you're running the offense so this is someone who wants control over their environment's wet dream. Facts. Like you're just not, it's not like you're standing down on the block and have to take two steps up and look for, no, you are in control more than any other player. So I got to imagine you're in a role of control and then also you're spectacular. So you actually can exert the control. And I would miss that so much. Let me compare it to something. I was directing a movie at Warner Brothers. As the director, your opinion's the most important. And then I'd have these little talks with myself on my drive home from Warner Brothers, like, you're about to get home, and your opinion isn't as important as anyone. It's the same <laughs> important as yeah. the wife and the two kids. I yeah. got to, like, reset. This is an area I can't control. Yeah. So I guess I'm wondering if that's something you would miss or might miss. And, and if you like you're in my brain. <laughs> like, this is getting weird. This is, this is weird. Yes. I'm always asked. First of all, people think I can still play. I don't know, maybe because I'm trying to stay in shape. Yeah. People think I can still play. I'm terrible. I cannot play basketball no more. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't use it. You lose it. But I told someone when, they, they, when people ask me, do I miss basketball? Do I miss playing? I said, no, I, I kind of gave everything to the game. I accomplished everything. I don't really miss that part of it. But what I do miss is I miss having a ball in my hand at the top of the key, game tied, down one, whatever it is. And I got 20,000 people in the arena looking at me and waiting for me to make a move. And I got millions of people on TV watching me. Yeah. And at this moment, I control, I'm going to control how your night go. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a stand-up comedian in a way. Right? Yeah. Like, like if like I make this shot. Your night is going to be better. Your yeah. your conversation with your wife is going to be you're better. You're getting laid, my man. Man, <laughs> you're getting laid. You're getting laid. Everyone's getting tacos. Yeah. Hey, everybody's getting free food. I missed this shot. The food tastes a little different at night. People getting divorced. People, yeah, people getting into arguments. They, they're yelling at me, why did Wade take that dumb shot? Yeah. And so I, I, I do miss the ability to be able to orchestrate. Fuck yeah. Like yeah. a moment and like, yeah, 
Yeah, I miss yeah. that, bro. Yeah, we need to get you a hobby where you can do that. So my thing is, and I'm not pitching you on it because I love you and I want you to stay around. <laughs> so I'm not but pitching you on it. <laughs> mine is the motorcycle on the track. Oh boy, yeah, that's different. Because don't shake your head. <laughs> no, no brother, man. we're all no, going no. straight to the track <laughs> after this. For me, it is. I'm in total control of my destiny. The mm. stakes are high. I got to fucking concentrate. Yeah. My mind can't wander to the other places that I don't want them to be anyways. Yeah. Like it forces me to just exert control. You feel alive. That's right. Yeah. Like in those moments, you feel alive. Yeah. I don't want no motorcycle though. No, uh, I know, I know. We're gonna we'll get a whiteboard and we'll we'll throw some ideas up. But I, you know, maybe maybe you start playing volleyball in your retirement. I don't know. Well, I'm playing golf, and that is the oh, wrong wow. sport when it comes to having any control. Because no. one thing you can't do in golf is control it. It's the hardest sport to play. It's so hard that I know better than to go do it. I don't want to go feel shitty about myself for three and a half. I know hours. we pay we pay to go feel <laughs> shitty. We have a, a friend who had to stop because he was just in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah would lower his opinion of himself yeah. too much. Yeah. Now, I could do what Tiger's dad did and get a motorhome and just park it at the golf course and entertain in it. Mm-hmm. That's a vibe. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the documentary, but... No, I didn't. I did not. I did it's not. so fucking good. It's so good. Um, Talk about control. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate. Like, for him, I mean, that's, you know... Yeah. It's, did, it's did, the same I just, thing. I didn't watch it because uh, Tiger didn't do it. I've heard that, right? So, for me, I was like, I don't... A lot of people... He didn't sign off on critique. it. Yeah, as, as someone who's... Out here in the public light, and yeah. Stories can be told about you just from, as you know, right? Yeah. I just didn't watch it. That's a common opinion, and I respect it. Yeah. But what I'll say, having watched it, is I think it really gives you a sense of what it's like to have a compartmentalized life. Mm-hmm. Your skill set is compartmentalization. Facts. I'm definitely there. Yeah, yeah. You can snap into some little fucking airtight zone in your brain that allows you with three seconds left and twenty thousand people there millions watching to get rid of every single thing else yeah it's quiet yeah (laughs) it's crazy that's a very rare skill and once you hone it obviously it can be dangerous in the rest of your life i have it i was a fucking raging addict i'd be crack houses for three days straight and then somehow greet people and pretend i'm not and so watching a he wasn't built to be a celebrity just out of the gates. That's mm-hmm. not his personality. Mm-hmm. And to see what someone who's not built for that has to deal with and how disassociated he is. Like, I'm super into therapy and I'm super into trauma and all these things. So I can visually see on his face, like, he's out, man. This is too much for him. Yeah. There's too many people. This he was not- at a crazy level of celebrity. Oh he's the Jordan, God. the yeah, he's Tyson. He's the iconic first yep. one. Yeah. And he's Lewis Hamilton. You yeah. know, he's the guy. By the way, I, lo- I just love that story. Just historically that like all right we'll let up we'll let this black guy into formula one. Oh fuck he's the greatest of all time. we'll let this black guy in and go oh fuck he's the greatest <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing happens there's basketball. a pattern <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. i just love it anywho to live under a spotlight to live as someone who's famous all these things are they're a lot to fucking juggle yeah but it's the most important thing is his dad who lived at the golf course with him he drove an rv mm. that was his daily driver <laughs> Yeah. And so he would park it at the the golf course and he'd fucking plow gales all, all day. Night, yeah, and I amazing. said to my wife, I'm like, if I ever start driving my motor home as a daily driver, yeah. you need to be worried. <laughs> you need to be worried. Like if I bring a bed everywhere I go, <laughs> you need to be a little worried. <laughs> well Yeah. And golf will do that to you too. It's a it's an addicting sport. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it ensnares all you guys. I guess it's like a it's a type A almost kind of 
addictive. You got to be addictive to really fall in love with that sport, I think. Yeah, it's, it's this chase of perfection of like as an athlete, like your, your, your chase to be perfect. Yeah is what brings you back every day, right? It's that perfect hit that you have in golf. That mm-hmm. Like, I just had one other day, and, I, and he was like, yep, now you back for another 10 years. Here yes. we go. You know? It lets you be brilliant occasionally. Oh, just enough just to keep enough. you in it. <laughs> yeah. Because every now and then you'll drive something like Chuck Daly, and you'll be like, I am built for this fucking sport. <laughs> right? Yeah, I am yeah. the guy. Don Cheeto. Shout out to Don Cheeto. Oh, he's, a, an he's an incredible golfer. He's an, he's an amazing golfer. He's, uh, he's an amazing man. And I've had the opportunity to golf with him twice. Um, and the second time, lucky enough, I was invited to President Obama's 60th birthday. We had a golf outing. I didn't. I didn't try to say that to like make myself seem better than I am. Well, I just, like we were. I was just on. setting up the story. I'm just telling you that I liked you a ton, and now I kind of resent you. <laughs> but continue, continue. So we had a golf outing, up, and I got teamed up with Don, and it was great. And, and we got teamed up with you know two other gentlemen who are were amazing. This is the first time I've ever played outside of just my my friend group, like uh-huh. you know, in a, any tournament setting. And I actually played well. Like me and my partner, we like we almost won the tournament. Then we came in second. Afterwards, Don shakes my hand and he looked at me, and said, "Yo, you know, you golf great today." I said, "Yeah, man, I was hitting it good." He said, "You're fucked." <laughs> and then he gave me that Don Cheeto like stare. Like, you just fucked up your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you hit some good shots out there and you play well today, you that's actually bad, sir. Yes. Oh and he texted me like every now and again and be like, you know you fucked up your life, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the chase in golf, you're gonna wanna be good. Like I said, I was like, oh, if I just play double bogey golf. I'll be fine. I can move the game along. Mm-hmm. And then once you get there, you gotta go to the and it just it's it sucks. It's a good metaphor for life. Yeah. It's like you can occasionally be brilliant. You got perfect. But moments. there ain't no status quo brilliance. <laughs> no. When we talked to Obama, he said he had basketball players to the White House to play basketball For his with. 49th birthday. Yeah, and you were there? Yeah, I was of there. Of course you oh. were there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was legendary. That was legendary. Oh, oh. that was an amazing time. <laughs> I gotta tell you, so when awesome. we interviewed him, everything was exactly as you'd expect. He's a pro. He's not I'm not gonna throw him off. The only thing we saw, really saw Barry, was when I said, how stoked were you that that fucking shot you made went viral? First of all, Dick moved to Biden. <laughs> like, we already know Biden's not half as good as you. And then you show up and just drain a just fucking drain. three without even dribbling it. That Dick move. I said, it's like you joined your buddy on his first date, you know, and you were way cooler than, <laughs> yeah. than, and what than did, the What did he say? What was his thing? Okay, so listen. When he walked away? He said like, something gang. Just like that. Something yeah. like that. Oh. <laughs> Right? So I had to take you guys to a quick story. Yeah, yeah, please. I've, uh, my family and I, we love going to Hawaii now for Christmas. Right? Mm-hmm. Everybody know who, Obama, Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> luckily enough, I ended up being out there at the same time. Obama golfs, I golf. And we got connected together to be at the golf course at the same day. So we connect there. And then later on, we work out a time where we can all get together and golf. So mm-hmm. I'm golfing with the Prez. I'm, I'm oh. super excited, but I suck too at the same time. <laughs> so it's terrible. Yeah. But Along the game, we had an amazing game, amazing conversation. Golfing with the president. I've been with Shaq. I've been with LeBron. I've been with all these guys. We've been with the president. It's a different level of celebrity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. World leader. Cert, right? You know it's how. It's not even celebrity. It's a different <laughs> like, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a di- I've never been at. Okay, so it's different. But to get to the end of the story and this clutch gene that we talk about that people have, Obama has it. We get to the 18th hole, and everybody at the golf course is on the 18th hole. They're all watching. So he gets to 18 hole. I've already, my ball is in the water three times. I've thrown my club. I'm not even playing 18. Yeah, you've stopped keeping score. Right. So Obama hits the, he hits it on the green. And now he gets up there. He has a long putt. I'm talking about a putt. I'm like, ah, 
You're not making this putt. <laughs> right, right, right. You shouldn't right. make this putt. <laughs> he gets up there with everybody watching. Everyone's quiet. He fucking drains the putt. Oh, my God. He walks up. He grabs it with so much swagger. And he looks back and he say, just like that. <laughs> or whatever that phrase was that he said. Oh, and I was like, my God. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like, a gangster. He's a, like, he's a Talk legend, about a one of one. Yeah, he's a goat. <sighs> now, I think we all desire validation in a varying degrees. I happen to be a like validation addict. I need everyone to validate me. But when you get validation and you're climbing this weird ladder and it's like, yeah, Shaq took me under his wing. He loves me. And this person... And then Obama, like playing with him, there's a point where, for me, it's like, oh, well, it can't be that anymore because I, I tapped out on that. Like, I got to get it from me. How do I say this? Like, it's a luxury to meet like heroes mm -hmm. and to get validated from heroes. Mm -hmm. And yet that's a very temporary feeling, feeling and yeah. you can't really build self-esteem on it, but it feels like you can in the moment. Right. And I guess I wonder if you've thought about that experience. There's a part of me that I always try to police my brain like, this don't mean shit. This doesn't mean you're a good dad. <laughs> this doesn't mean you're a good husband. It doesn't yeah, mean... not at all. But in the moment, I'm like, well, fuck, if he gives me a pat on the back, I'm good for a while. Well, I mean, that's to me, I don't even know if this is going to answer your question. I hope it does. But to me, that's what life is all about. Just moments. So right now, like for me, this is NFT, right? This is a moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? And so my whole life is about finding moments, and that was a special moment that I will always, because you get to a point where once you play basketball, you think it lasts forever and you realize it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know all you have now is your stories. Mm. All I have now to tell my son and, and my daughter, the moments that I had. In moments of fog in my brain, I can go back to a joyous moment in my brain. I can go back to this moment. Yeah. I can go back to the dance off me and President had, right? I can go out to all these things. And so... For me, I just live my life to capture as many moments as possible because as I get older, that's all I'm going to pull back from one day when I'm sitting out there and I ain't got no work to do and my kid's grown and my grandkids, hopefully, around. I'm just going to sit back and think about all these moments. Yeah. You did answer my question. And what I glean from that is like, for me, there's a temptation when I have one of those moments that I'm like, okay, all done. I made it. I'm safe. I'm. I'm oh, I, you like. I want to be done. Mm. I want to like get that moment where I'm like, good, I like myself now forever. But it's not like that. It's like exercise. I got to do that daily. Again and again and again. And it is moments. And all they really are is, mo like you say, they're things to look back on and touch for a second and yeah. go like, yeah, it ain't that don't bad. Even, they don't even feel real. Like I, don't feel like, a, I don't feel like I played in the NBA 16 years and I won three championships and I'm, how? I'm just a human person yeah, sitting here. Like, yeah, nothing shows yeah. me that I like did any, like if it wasn't for YouTube. Yeah. Like, I would not know that I did some of the things I've done. Yeah. yeah. Right? If it wasn't for being able to watch your movies, you, like, you're not in it anymore. It was a moment. Right. And you enjoyed it. And it was, you was at the top of the world. You was at the bottom. You was in the middle, wherever you were at that time. But now we're on the outside of it. It's like an out-of-body experience. that just feel like it never really happened. Yeah, I, totally, yeah. I totally agree with you. <laughs> you're living such a heightened life that, like, yeah. you can't, in the actual moment, preserve it. Right. You don't want to, neither, because, like, that is bad. Yeah. You can't be too comfortable. You can't be too happy. You got to you gotta keep moving on. Let's move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Hey, you want a championship? It's great. Let's get back to the next season. Right. And so you can't because that's what they tell you. It's like, don't enjoy it. That's what they tell you. Yeah. yeah. You, you get older and you realize. So a friend of mine, Chris Johnson. Shout out to Chris Johnson. Chris, if I mess up your story, I apologize. So we were talking one day and uh, we were talking about this guy. Him and his wife would take travels. 
And he had a friend that worked on the police force. And every time he come back from his travels, he will show her the videos and the photos from all the vacations. And she always was like, oh, my God, like she lived for those moments. So she's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to do it. And he's like, well, why don't you do it? And she was like, nah, I'm going to work. I'm going to get my pension. I'm going to do that. And when I'm done, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to go to all these places that you've been showing me. And so years go by. He's, he's created all these memories, these moments. And she's living through him, but she's waiting. 20 years go by. She retires. He hasn't seen her for, you know, about a month. And he runs into her husband. He's like, oh, my God, tell me about all the travels. And her husband said she passed away. We didn't get a chance to, to travel, mm. right, a month after retirement. And so the moral of the story is throughout the process of working hard and working your tail off, enjoy the moments of life. Don't wait until yeah. it's, I got to make this much money. I got to go do this. I got to be. You don't have to do that because it's not promise, obviously. It, tomorrow isn't promise. And so I use that story. as It was a great story. And even though it's, it sounds simple, yeah. but it's not because a lot of people wait. Well, I'm on the exact same page as you. I often say like, yeah, I was struggling to be an actor for 10 years, but I didn't tell myself a story. Life begins when I make it. I still got to go on vacation. I still got to have fun and carry on. Like if your whole fantasy is life begins at this moment, then you're going to miss everything prior to that moment. Right. And spoiler alert, sometimes that moment doesn't happen. And it's hard if you're focused. It's really hard to give yourself permission that you deserve to go do those things and you know, be living the whole time. Yeah. Okay. I have one last thing I want to applaud you on, and I'm sure you feel weird about getting applauded for this, but it's like being at your own life celebration. I won't call it from <laughs> so life celebration. First of all, again, I just what we're referencing a lot is you have a new book out called Dwayne. Yes. And it's awesome. It's it's tons of photographs, but it's a photographic memoir. And I guess for starters, I want to know, A, I'm glad that's how you decided to do it because Ultimately, your story involves so much physical things I want to see. I don't want to just hear, like, I want to see those moments, and those moments do get captured in this crazy way. Yeah. So what made you decide to take that route, the memoir? You'd already written My Father. Yeah, so I, I wrote the first book, Father First, yeah. How My Life Became Bigger Than Basketball. And so I went in that, that way. I talked about being a father. I talked about my life a little bit. And when I got to the point of us getting to the last dance or my last season, I had wrote down three things that I wanted to accomplish. One thing I wanted to do is I wanted to do a one last tour of every city. And, you know, I wanted to go to every city. I wanted to, you know, pay my respects. I didn't know it was going to turn into the show that it did, but I just wanted to go to every city and just have my last hurrah, my last dinner at this restaurant I've been going to for years, my last sleep in this hotel and so forth and so on. That was one. The second one was the documentary. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to wrap up my career in a documentary form um, as I was retiring. And I wanted to come out with this photographic book. My photographer, Bob Metellus, who we have over 200 pictures in there. He's been following me for uh, 10 years. And a lot of those moments are private moments that I want to share with my friends, my family, my supporters. The story goes way deeper than that photo. Like you can look at a photo and be like, oh, OK, this is a game. I got my statistics. He had 38. But what happened leading up to this game? Like, that photo can take you somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so the photos are there to take us on a journey through these stories. Because once again, like, it's about these moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it really is. It Thank really you. is. I would imagine your identity has been basketball player since yeah. you were nine years old. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have to imagine there's a weird insecurity, or maybe there's not. But when you play golf with Obama, if I'm you, I'm thinking fuck, this guy only likes me because I'm a physical phenom. Like, he likes me because I'm 
a bad motherfucker on the basketball court. That's why he likes me. That's why I've been invited here. That's my value proposition. Mm -hmm. And now I'm about to do a physical activity <laughs> and I'm probably going to suck at it. <laughs> Thanks. And maybe he's not going to like me anymore. Like, that would be where my insecurity... I didn't, I didn't think about that. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> but that's one way. <laughs> well, maybe we just got to the core of your confidence. I'm glad that's not where your brain yeah. goes. But if I go somewhere, I'm like, I'm the jester. Time to be funny. Like, they invite me because I'm good at any other thing. Like, I know why. I okay. Okay. But no, sometimes it that. doesn't work out because people are not... People... You think that when you enter a room, but people aren't expecting that. They don't need that from you. More and more. They need you to make them laugh. More and yeah, more. Yeah, it's just, like, okay, we got Are it. Are you trying to tell me I didn't fucking knock that dinner party in London out of the oh goddamn God. park? You did a good job. It was 10% too much. It's 10% too much. We went to a dinner party. <laughs> we went to a dinner party. He read uh, the person's book out loud. In an Italian accent, yep. which was offensive. Uh, it wasn't offensive, but it was it was a lot, you know, it was a lot. Well, but I walked in, I was like, okay, here's eight new customers, man. None of them have made up their mind, and I'm going to fucking win them all over. Yeah, and I'm going to put on a show. It? And he did, yeah. My, my account I did, but I, don't, I could be wrong. No, I think for Monica's that. account, like, I'm 90%, I maybe well, did. I'm going to be extra critical, but everyone was very happy you were there. You did a great job. <laughs> Mind you, the whole time in my head, I was going, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I was always saying, shut up. And, and my just kept coming Joke, out. joke, 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 joke. Inappropriate joke. That sounds like <laughs> when my, my, my wife says something to me, and I know I probably shouldn't say what I'm about to say back. And I'm like, shut up, don't say it, don't say it. And then I say it, and now we ain't talking for two days. Yes, yes, yes. Just that same thing you went through. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, D, shut up, don't say it, don't say it. And you hear, you hear in the third person, you hear yourself speaking, yeah. and you're like, no, no, we just agreed you're not saying that. <laughs> and then you just, put it, you're like, what? Come on, bro. <laughs> what I was going to say is your daughter transitioned, I guess. is I'm not sure that that's how I would say it, but you have a trans daughter. Yes, yes. And you've been super vocal about it. And again, this comes back to my original observation about you is that you have some confidence in you that allows you to not worry how anyone's going to think about this. It's not you. You have the wherewithal to say, no, no, this is about her. And I have a role in her life, and this is what I need to do. And I don't really give a fuck what the <laughs> response to that is. Yeah. But I'm going to add, it is harder in the black community to be outspokenly pro-LGBTQ. Yes. I don't know if that's uh, we're allowed to say that, but it, for many, many reasons, people that have been systematically emasculated for 300 years, and the outcome of that is sometimes things that could appear to be emasculating people are afraid of so i think it's even more profound that you are doing it well thank you first of all like it's my daughter like i don't like even when i hear trans daughter i just like it's just it's a, she's my daughter yeah. yeah and it's like just being a parent i guess for me it's like i feel like that is one of the reasons i'm here right i feel like that's one of my purpose like i was put on this earth to be a father like mm -hmm. that's one of them and I don't know why, but I just don't feel like I should be able to tell people how to live their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then going back to my mother, do I have some things I probably need to continue to keep working on from my broken childhood? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do I blame my mother for living her life the way she lived it? No, I don't. Right. Right. And so I've always been able to understand that you are living the life and you're doing things the way that that feels good to you, that feels right to you, that feels true to you, all these things, right? So 
now definitely I've had to learn in this in this whole space of trans mm-hmm. you know and the LGBTQ plus community I've had to learn so much but when it comes to my child it has not been one second because first of all before my child came home at eight years old and and at the time said that you know she was gay at three years old at three years old I didn't know because I didn't I wasn't educated. But I knew, you knew that something. Was, I knew something enough to me and my wife have a conversation. Right. Right. Like I was a young kid who put on heels and did all the, the my sister clothes and yeah. whatever my sister. I did double dutch back in, in Chicago because <laughs> you had I an older up, sister. I had older sisters. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to be like them. So, you know, people you kind of shove it off as ah, it's just a kid. But you know your child. I'm watching my child. And so what had to happen first was first I had to get myself corrected and get myself right because I do come from a locker room. I do come from a, a sport in a world where the talk and the conversation around sexuality is not always for everyone's ears to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've been a part of that conversation as well, just being just young, dumb, and ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> I say ignorant. Yeah, yeah. But once I checked myself, you know, once I started personally knowing that this is a possibility that I will personally experience it, it becomes different. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, it wasn't about my child when my child come. If Zaire comes home and say, Dad, I want to play basketball, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do everything I can to help Zaire play basketball and be the best basketball player he can be. Everything mm-hmm. in my power. So if my daughter comes home and say, Dad, this is how, since I've been three years old, I've known that the body that I was born in is not it's not the one that I feel like it's me. Yeah. yeah. This is not me. And so it's my job to listen. It's my job to learn. And then it's my job to be able to help apply and adapt and help guide her through life as a parent. Because it's decisions that will have to be made that she would need her parents to be able to help make them. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's my job to get on the phone with your therapist, your doctor. This is my job. I'm a facilitator as a parent. I don't own you. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Some yeah. parents have this ownership over their kids. I don't own you. Like I know that because my parents don't own me. Like which we're, we're all trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. I tell people, I say, when I was a young kid, I knew I liked girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I knew. You. No one had to tell me to like a girl. I knew. Yeah. So I cannot tell my daughter what she likes and how she feels because she knows. Yeah. So for me. It was just, like I said, it was just about educating. And the acceptance of it was never be in question in my household. Like, I'm going to accept my kids for who they want to be. I'm just going to try to do my job to make sure that they can reach it mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so I want to help Zaya be the best person that she wants to become. And I'm going to help her. If she got some questions for me about women, I'm going to try to help her as, as I can. But yeah. I'm going to move out the way and say, uh, uh, babe, can you handle this? <laughs> I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot. But I always feel weird and uncomfortable with getting praises for being a father. Yeah, yeah. I'm, right? I'm not saying you did that. No, I'm no, just saying, I know. Like, you know, I like would have Father the same. Year Awards and all that. I'd be totally. like this. Like I got one like long, long time ago before my life really lived. And yeah, I want to return it. For someone to stand up and clap like you were, you're exceptional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go like, no, no, I just did what I should do. Yeah. I don't need to be right. celebrated for doing what I should do. Fundamental responsibilities of a parent. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is what I'm doing. Stay tuned for more armchair expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh man, we often 
do two recordings a day and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We are supported by Wayfair. Home should be your happy place, a space where you can relax and just enjoy yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Whether you want the ultimate man cave, a cozy Victorian-inspired nook for reading, an area for family movie night filled with all things retro or something else. And if you need help creating that space, I recommend Wayfair. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas to dining tables, beds, rugs, wall art, and more. I bought a KitchenAid mixer mixer on Wayfair. You can really get anything on there. And I'm helping a friend redo his living room. And we just... You're just on Wayfair nonstop. Yep. Yeah, it's one-stop shop. It is. They have fast, free shipping. They have everything you need for your home inside and out. They have a huge selection of home goods and a variety of styles. Whatever you're into, Wayfair is the go-to destination to help bring your vision to life. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. This is so not comparable, but I go back to a memory. Weirdly enough, in Miami, I took my then three-year-old on a press tour with me to promote a movie. And it was just her and I. And of course, she's getting just way too much attention because she's my daughter. So everyone that's helping us get in and out of interviews, oh, is this, you know, they're giving her too much attention. It's an unnatural amount of attention. And her response was to talk and baby talk to them. So she would start responding and baby talk. In the first two days of the trip, I was like, hon, talk normal. Like, I'm trying to tell her to talk normal. And then, like, on day three, I just had this moment where I was like, oh, I know what's going on. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that she's talking baby talk at three years old, and I think these people think I'm a shitty dad or that something's (laughs) fucked up at home. Right. And this is my embarrassment. Yeah. And here's this little girl that's got an inordinate amount of attention she shouldn't have, and this is how she's dealing with it. And I need to step out of the fucking way and detach my own ego from what's going on and then I just never said anything about it to her again. Yeah. And of course, it just evaporated. But I think often as a parent, it's really easy to personalize anything and take it on as some personal embarrassment. Yeah. And so I guess in some way, I could expect that to happen to somebody who's going to have to be public about this. Like the first thought that might cross your mind and you would correct it would be like, 
Oh, people are going to think I did something wrong. Yeah, people close to you. Yeah, and then you got to step over that, I guess, to get I mean, to the I, right. <laughs> I've been called all the things. Right? Oh, you have? All the things, and I've been pointed fingers at for making my daughter right. trans. I've had it all. And at the end of all the days, I don't let that lead me down the wrong path in my responsibility as a father. Right. And it's easier for me because my kids live with me. Let me let me go on the record and say that because everyone responsibilities are different depending on their, their setup. And and I also go on the record to say that it's easier for me as well because I've been afforded a lot through my hard work. The way that you know we're able to live that my I don't need my kids to to help with anything. Mm-hmm. Right. My parents, it was different. My parents needed me to get to the money. Yeah. And yeah. so I ain't had time to worry about you finding yourself. We need you to go play basketball, <laughs> football. Yeah. yeah. It's right. a different. It's different. So I understand it. It's still that out there. Mm-hmm. And so when I come out and speak on my child, maybe it's not time for you to hear what I'm saying. Maybe you're not ready. Yeah. If you're not ready, that's on you. Yeah. But it's people that's ready. Yeah. yeah. So don't be so loud that the people that's ready to hear it and need someone that is going through this and know that someone else is going through it. Don't be too loud where they can't hear. And that's my problem with people when it comes to their criticism of not just me and my family, but anyone. It's like, this ain't for you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not for you. I ain't saying it's okay because like, well, it's a lot of things that can hurt and harm people, but I I'm not out there saying you're a bad parent you're not because you're thinking different than I. You're not no. proselyt. You're not telling anyone to do whatever. You're being an example of how you're doing it. Yes. And people can take that as they want. I'll also add, people idolize you. Millions of people idolize you. And for you to walk through this thing without any detectable shame is so fucking powerful. Because of the millions of people that idolize you, a significant percentage of them will deal with something, if not this exact same thing, something very similar. Yes. So to see a dude that they idolize is masculine and tough and indomitable, to walk through this without any hint of shame is incredibly powerful. I just want to add one thing. If your life goes perfect, the dream end to your life is that you'll be laying in a bed someday and you'll be staring at that daughter, and that's the last thing you'll see. You're not going to see anyone else that's got the voices. Yeah. Your perfect ending is looking in her eyes as you go on. 1,000%. And that's the only one. you got to protect who's standing at the bed at the end of the day. 1,000%, man. Like I said, for some reason, when you have kids, people have this notion that you own, that is ownership over those kids. But, you know, your kids are people. I always tell people, my son right now, he's 19, I'm 39, I'm still a little youthful, but at some point, he running this family. At <laughs> some point, that young boy going to take the reins of this family, and uh, he going to be making the calls. Like, you know what I mean? There was something real comforting about you. You were like laying on a massage table, and they were working on you, and you're like chatting with your family, and you're like, I'm still cool. I'm 36, and I'm like, yeah. Even Dwayne Wade's son thinks he's a fucking nerd. This is like so comforting. I think like for Zaire, my oldest son, I lost some coolness when he got about high school, uh-huh. 14, because I was not as good anymore, right? It was like other players in it. <laughs> no, meaning like it was other players in the league that was sure, better. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, so sure. he became like a fan of them and like yeah. they were cool what they were doing. But now I feel like I got a little bit more coolness back since I retired and I'm still doing my thing. And like, yeah. you know, I got ownership <laughs> now. I, you know, I got some things that he's proud of. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel like I got my swag back with my son a little big. I feel, you know, so that that makes me feel better than anything. I'm yeah, gonna tell you that. I follow Ti on Instagram, and he posted this video, and his kids in the backseat, and he asked him like, "Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite rapper?" And they named like six people. He's like, "How are you not gonna fucking name me?" <laughs> like he right. goes berserk. Like right. you're gonna have a list of seven people, and you're right. not putting me on this list. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's being a parent." 
It's thankless. Yeah, but it's still, it's <laughs> so great. It's thankless. <laughs> but you get a steam out of it, and that's the fucking real gold. Can I tell you another quick story? Yes, Speaking of yes, thankless yeah. as a parent. Yeah. So I was blessed enough and lucky enough recently to be named to the top 75, right? Which was a lot of controversy on that list. But um, I was lucky enough to be one of the people on there. And I was on TNT at the time between Kenny and, and Ernie and Shaq and Charles. And... I get done with that and I go over to a Hawks game and I go over there because I had to do like some halftime stuff with a couple other my uh, my people from TNT. And so I get back to the hotel and I finally check my phone. I just got named top 75. I'm like, yeah, my phone probably blowing up. <laughs> so I go on my phone and I look. I got a message from my wife. I'm like, okay, here we go. And she's like, hey, babe, how your day go? I'm like, how my day go? <laughs> So I'm looking, my daughter, my son, nobody, nobody in my family sent me a message to congratulate me on making top 75. So Dre laughing because I brought this up to my family at dinner one night. And ever since then, they've been spending the last three weeks trying to celebrate me. <laughs> That's good, though. You should not be a star in your own house. That's right. But that just shows you I am fifth lead in my home. Yep. And like if the dog's over, they ain't out. I might be eighth or ninth. So it's crazy. Oh, I'm the last one, Chris runs in to get out of the fire for sure <laughs> all this three-legged dog will be rescued everyone will be rescued <laughs> well Dwayne man this has been so much fun I'm so glad you came in person and yeah. I wish you a ton of luck with the book Dwayne everyone should check it out it is I'm gonna quote Monica it's fucking beautiful Thank I you, added Monica. fucking but beautiful like it is it. really really beautiful it's a very cool way to witness moments in someone's life it's awesome so and then also, I know we don't need to promote it, but just I love the D-Wade Life Unexpected, so people should check that out. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, it's so, so good. You're so fucking likable, it's almost frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm going to say one last thing. Your wife is Uh-oh. the only person on my season of Punked that we couldn't punk. <gasps> really? What? People always ask me, did it ever not work? I didn't know that. Yeah, and we had some bit, you'll have to ask her about it, where it's like, we put this enormous 80s satellite in her front yard, like satellite, like old style satellite yeah. for satellite TV. And said like, this was part of her new plan, you know? I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was so ugly and it took up her whole front yard. What? And I was like, yeah, I work with DirecTV. Like, this is the best thing. You, you, you check this. This is what you ordered. And, you know, we're not taking it away. If we take it away, it's going to be X amount of thousands of dollars. And she just was like, nah. This isn't real. <laughs> There's Good no fucking satellite is in my front yard. And you're claiming I asked for this. Really? This is not real. She might, I don't know if she know that. That might need to go on her like a tombstone one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the only. Unpunkable. <laughs> yeah. And I had to go in, you know, as the little soldier, I had to go into the garage of the other house. I'm like, she don't, she's buying this. And they were going like, no, tell her, blah, blah. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I looked into this woman's eyes. She wasn't, but she, she ain't coming back. <laughs> you know, I, when you, that was back in like 03, right? Like, that yeah, was around uh-huh. the time I got drafted. It was punk was like at the height. I was so afraid of getting punked. I was just looking <laughs> over my shoulder all the time. I, like, my friends, I always looked at them like, what you know? Yeah. Like, oh, man, thank you guys for never, I appreciate you guys for never punking me. And if y'all decide to do it, don't do it. Please. Oh, they sent so me to fun. punk Metal World Peace. The stakes are high when you're punking Metal World mm. Peace. Because I've seen him in Detroit. <laughs> I know if it goes sideways. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Ron. Ron, a.k.a. Meta. We're what a beautiful dude. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, he's a great dude. Tell Ron, if you guys remember, that I knew I was going to be a bad mother. Shut your mouth. When he couldn't guard me in the playoffs my rookie year. 
<laughs> Defensive player of the year at the time, right? Yeah, he was a beast. All right, man. So much fun and good luck with everything. And I hope you'll come back and we can do it again. Yeah, thank you guys, man. I love the garage vibes. This is, <laughs> thank this you. is nice. Thank you. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Wow, we did it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And tomorrow's your birthday. Well, today's my birthday. No, tomorrow's my birthday. Well, yesterday's Yesterday your is birthday, my birthday, but tomorrow's God. your birthday. It's so hard to keep our time loops, <laughs> our lie straight. Tomorrow is your birthday. Today is January 1st. It's the first day of the new year. Oh, my gosh. And there's been bad omens abound. No, don't say that. Don't say yeah. that. I'm getting, I'm getting scared. I don't like it. Okay, oh, okay, fine. Tell people. All right. Bad <laughs> omen number one. My job as the host of the party is to make sure that the ball droppings on the TVs in the background. Sure. I guess I've never paid attention to what network that's on or what the name of the program is. Yeah. Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. <sighs> I later realized, obviously, <laughs> yeah, and felt like a fool. Of course I know that. Yeah. But at the time, I just, I saw Miley Cyrus and I thought, well, she must be the big ticket in town. Yeah, she's a huge ticket. A huge ticket. Put her on and then stop paying attention. And then it's the countdown. And as it's, and now we're like 10 seconds out. What am I going to flip the fucking channel? Yeah, you couldn't. All of a sudden I realized, where's the ball? Yeah. Like, where's Times Square? Sure. Where's the ball? Where's t- it was the most anticlimactic. Because what were we watching? I don't know. I think someone said maybe they fired a paper cannon or something. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how we knew when we got to zero. And I was like, this is bad, guys. Like, what a terrible start. There was a countdown in the lower right corner. I, I couldn't even see it. Very small. Like, in fact, I just joined you guys. Like, I joined in at eight or something. Sure. And I, the whole time I was like, where is that on the screen? I couldn't find it. So, okay, <sighs> wasn't great. Oh, but- my God. And then I finally, you know, afterwards, I'm like, well, I'm going to hop over to the right channel now. And then you see Times Square and you think, oh, wow, I wish I would have saw that. I'm going to rewind. Everything's on demand now. Couldn't rewind. Yeah. So never did see it. Don't even know that the ball did. Drop. That's okay. I think maybe that's an omen that this year we're going to break traditions. Novel, proprietary. Yeah, we don't have to feel stuck. Blaze new grounds. In our old ways. Do you think there's a little flaw in the way we do our resolutions? Okay. They should start on January 2nd because everyone's together. Like currently, you and I have just escaped what is a social gathering yeah. to record. Everyone's together. So for like the persons who quit, Vape? Now's not the day. Yes, it is. Tomorrow's the day. No, 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 no. Because tomorrow will always be the day. It seems like it should be the day after. The hang ends. Like, okay, big last party day. Everyone's together. Now tomorrow, tighten the reins. It's just very addicty, what you're saying. Sure. I can't say anything that's not addicty. I know, and I have to police that. You could say that every day, like, well, today doesn't really work because I'm supposed to see this person today, so I'll have to wait till tomorrow, and then tomorrow, it's the day my TV's getting refurbished, so I'm going to need to do it. You're right, but I I am listening to, or I I guess I'm done, with Dopamine Nation, which I absolutely love. It's so good. Everyone Mm -hmm. should read it. Mm -hmm. I want to have the author on so bad. Uh Anyways. She is a psychiatrist, so she deals with all these people of all these different forms of addiction. She talks about building barriers as being a strategy addicts find that is useful. Flush it down the toilet. You know, it's out of the house Uh or it's this or it's that. Like these little arbitrary boundaries that addicts give themselves that work. 
to a large extent. So this, I would argue, is like trying to do that, trying to set up a situation that's like easiest to win in. Yeah. I just know. I know what it's like to push the goal line. Mm, the start date? No, the goal line. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so what are your resolutions? Okay. Okay. I, I haven't had much success rolling these out. <laughs> I'd say in the workshop phase, I think it's like I'm still doing small nightclubs to find out if the sure. resolutions are good or not. <laughs> I, let's start with some basic ones. I'm going to, and I'm hesitant to say this because of my attic mind we just talked about. Yeah. I actually can't today think about the fact that maybe on Wednesday or Tuesday, I'm quitting nicotine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to attempt, I'm going to attempt to claw back some health stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Starting with a, fr a, a fresh out, a blowout in, uh, not a blowout, a fresh up, freshen up a in, blowout. In, in Mexico. Well, I'm fucking, I'm just going to be dead honest. What happened, every, I think most people are aware of my chronic hiccup condition. Yeah. Or I don't know if they know it's chronic. <laughs> I, just, to, just to recap, it went 50 hours the first time. Then the next weekend, it was manageable at like maybe 30 hours. And then last week, I got them for about 36 hours and my nicotine mints are really, if I'm over them for four hours and I have a nicotine mint, I go right back to the hiccups. Mm. So I was not brave enough, strong enough, whatever you want to call it, to also quit nicotine on the day I was dealing with the hiccups. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't take my mints and I'm not quitting nicotine today. Yeah. So I went to back to vapes about, yeah. what, eight days ago, 10 days ago. So when I go to Mexico, I'm quitting these. Yep. You have designed a trip <laughs> to quit your That's vices. That's right. A quit trip. Quit trip. I um, can't imagine those are largely successful. I we'll see. <laughs> we'll I see. We'll see. I don't want to shit T on it. I don't want to yuck your yum. Okay. TBD. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, hit me with a resolution of yours. Okay. I have a few. Okay. I have to start journaling. I haven't done it yet today. So we're not off to a good start. And not to bring it back to my initial point, but largely the reason you didn't do it is because you're in a busy house. It's fun. People are talking. Now, if you started your goal on Monday, tomorrow it's going to be easy for you to journal in the morning. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to try to do it tonight mm -hmm. so I still count it. Okay. Okay? Yep. Also to drink more water. Can I tell you why I'm oh. personally in favor of doing journaling in the morning as opposed to the sure. night? Is is twofold. One, when I wake up in the morning, I often feel overwhelmed. And so by going through what I did yesterday, mm -hmm. it builds this sense of like, oh yeah, I get stuff done every day. Like just uh, that, that part I like. Yeah. And then it's also because it's this like 20 minute quiet time. I think you end up setting more intentions for your day. Mm. Cause you're just, you're in that state of mind where you're evaluating and you're thinking of yesterday. And then you think, how do you want today to be? Yeah. And I think it's, I don't think you can really set many intentions at night right before you go to bed as well as you can in a fresh day. Yeah, I get that. I don't know if mine is so much about intention setting or oh. reflecting or winding down. Like, I don't I know got you. yet. You don't even know what your journaling is exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to figure it out. But anyway, that's on the list. Water is on the list and less food waste. Less food waste. That's, that's my right. major one, actually. That's my main. Yeah. Which we had a whole debate about already. And then I read a article in the LA Times like the very next day. Explaining uh, why food waste is bad. Is bad for landfills. I write about it because we're going to have another bin for food waste in LA. Oh, I didn't like, know that. I don't know when that goes into action, but I think soon. Okay. You'll have to put food waste in a separate 
thing. Oh. Because of the land, what it does in landfills. Yeah. Interesting. I guess if, if you put, if I'm getting this right, I think the article said if you put food waste in with regular trash, it somehow intensifies the output of methane a ton, which is the uh-huh. number one heater. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, so I had previously tr- I had a position that I was pro-food waste or— That's a crazy sentence, but yeah. <laughs> right. It is a crazy sentence. But I explained that there's— we have an economy. We have 300 million people. We got to keep them employed. There's a lot of employment that results in a lot of shitty things and destruction. But then food, like growing's great, good for the environment. The people that, you know, transported got paid. The grocer got paid. And it's just not, it, it, it didn't turn into poop. It turned into garbage. But? It decomposes really easy. Well, I might go back to this opinion if everyone separates their food waste and that's not a problem anymore. But currently you're right. You're dead right. And I was wrong. Also, it's just bad to be wasteful, though. It's not good to just have an abundance of stuff and keep getting more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and throwing it away and not using it and not being mindful about what you're doing. I guess that, yes. Yeah, we're probably talking about two different things. Like, not being wasteful is a virtue to explore. Yeah. Try to acquire. That I get. I'm just saying whether you turn it to poop or you put it in the trash, I don't think there's a difference. Yeah, but you now know that there is. Because it affects the atmosphere. Exactly. But yeah. if that was off the table, I don't I don't know how I'd feel about it. Okay. You know, so it'd be like better than you buying something that's plastic and isn't going to biodegrade for another thousand years. At least if you get some food, it's going to biodegrade in minutes. Yeah. It'd be good for the soil it's in. But it doesn't have to be like a, an either or. This is just another. Brian, I'm done trying to paint you into a corner here. Yeah. I'm really picking apart my resi. Okay. And then another one. I, you know what? I'm going to try it again. Okay. But now I'm going to reverse the order that I tell it in. Okay. I'm going to see if it works. Wait, what? Of yours? My resolution. Okay. So this is in service of a, a broader, what I know is going to be a decade-long resolution. I want to truly believe at all times in my heart that I will continue to receive the love I receive from the people I want love from. Whether I'm displaying these five traits about myself that I think are appealing. Mm-hmm. And, and so one aspect of that is to always, always be crystal clear on my motivation if I'm ever correcting somebody, if I think I'm actually helping them or if I think I'm trying to demonstrate to them that I'm smart. Right. And I also am not going to, um, I'm going to be really police if I'm topping people's stories. That's something I want to stop doing too. Like uh, another goal is to like let people shine. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let other people shine. That's a good one. Mm. Oh, and I want to do cold plunging this year. Oh, yeah. That's what's been happening over the break. I've started an experiment where I've cold plunged every yep. day. I fucking love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. The break. Ding, ding, ding. The break. The break. Plans were thwarted. For our show. For our show. We could not do our New Year's Eve show. We were very, very sad about it. Like, just personally, that's what I wanted to do on New Year's Eve is yeah. be with all the armchairs. I yeah. was, like, selfishly just like, I don't want to. And then what was fucking crazy was three hours after we made that decision, which we didn't want to make. Yeah. Uh, several members of our pod. Got COVID, Tested so we positive. haven't even been with everyone. Yeah, everyone's quarantining, and and for sh- of course we were like we have it, they have it, we've been with them. Yeah, and then so we would have been waiting. Think about how stressful that day would have been had we not canceled. Yeah, I know. And then we were waiting to the morning to take the t- whatever the whole thing. Um, we did the right thing, but it was sad. 
It was very sad. Also, I couldn't go home for Christmas. Well, so this is where this is a really funny, big irony that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. I couldn't go home for Christmas because my brother got COVID Mm -hmm. and then my parents got COVID. And I was like, I can't go and get it because I have to come back for the show. I can't have it, bring it into a theater full of people. So- I'm staying. And then we ended up canceling the show. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. gosh. But it's okay. I had a great Christmas here. So then the other ironic part, too, is my brother and my sister-in-law visited and my mom, and I they haven't been here in two years. Yeah. And then Kristen smartly booked them PCR tests right when they landed because of the show, thinking, well, if they give it to you, you have to cancel this show with yeah. all these people who bought tickets, blah, blah. And she booked it at a place she's used 25 times. That mm-hmm. takes four minutes tops. They get off the plane after waking up at the crack acid dawn to fly to LA and they have to sit in a three and a half hour line to yeah. get a PCR test. <laughs> and that's how this two day Christmas visit started. And I was like, this is the worst. Yeah. Like everyone's going to show up so annoyed with me as they should be. Yeah. Uh, but we got through it and we had the best. We had the best Christmas we've had in over a decade. My That's mom awesome. and my my sister-in-law, Tammy, and my brother, David, and Carly. It was really delightful. And then ultimately canceled the show. <laughs> so far, so good, though, with all the people we know who have it. Everyone is Very fine. light symptoms. Yeah, everyone Very is light. mild. Mm-hmm. Vaccinated, boosted. One of the members who will remain nameless had announced just the day before that he was invincible <laughs> yeah. uh, because he had gotten a double dose of the booster and he just was certain he was invincible. Yep. And, uh, and he wasn't. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I told him the sim doesn't like arrogance. No, no. So it'll no, fuck with it's you. It's amazing it let me get this far. <laughs> I mean, I know it. Oh, I changed my the background on my phone officially to this year's Pantone color of the year, very Perry. Hold it up one more time because it does. It's it's really triggering something nostalgic for me. I want to say it's like a color of Hubba Bubba grape flavor when I was okay. a kid, or or Dimatap that same. Sure. I didn't know this until last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what Pantone is. Yeah, Pantone is a company uh, that makes colors <laughs> that labels colors i'll read it i'm gonna it's more abstract now that you're explaining it it's a company that makes colors <laughs> hold on let me read it okay pantone in 1963 pantone meaning all colors combining pan and tone developed the first color matching system thanks to this system graphic designers can see exactly what yellow would look like on paper and provide the printer with the pantone number to make sure they got exactly what they wanted oh. Yeah, so like this is very Perry Pantone 17-3938. Is the num the official number. And I'll read a little bit. Did I already do this? I don't know. Okay. If I already read this, I'm sorry. Well. Um, but I'm gonna read it anyway. So this is exciting. The new color represents displaying a carefree confidence and a daring curiosity that animates our creative spirit. Inquisitive and intriguing, Pantone 173938, very Perry, helps us to embrace this altered landscape of possibilities, opening us up to a new vision as we rewrite our lives. Rekindling gratitude for some of the qualities that blue represents, complemented by a new perspective that resonates today. Pantone 173938, very Perry, places the future ahead in a new light. That's a lot of stuff together from a color. Yeah, I love it. 
I'm excited for the, the rekindling of the I future. I love the things that make you excited. We discovered something <laughs> over this break. You're, you're genius. You can tell stories, and I want to be careful with my adjectives here. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of insult. It's kind of a nag. <sighs> but it's not because I, I I love them. I love them. Like you have a story about your dry cleaners and it went on oh, for like 20 minutes last night. God. And it's a grievance. It's like, you know, you were wrong. The service was wrong. A lot of expensive sweaters were destroyed. Yes. And I'm riveted and everyone's <laughs> riveted. And it's really a story about your dry cleaning. And then, it, and then once I noticed it, I just noticed it happens all the time. And it's like your enthusiasm about this color that's on your phone. I love. Because I can't feel that way about that color. Yeah. Or getting excited about what my phone background is. And I, uh, it's contagious, and I thank you for it. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. I, I like getting excited for things. Mm-hmm. That's We have that in common. Yes. Yeah. I look forward I like to, to things. Van- We're dopamine junkies. Yeah, we like yeah. to eventize. Yes. It's messy. Messiness of being human. Oh, <laughs> still, still 2022. <laughs> I'm still doing it. Okay, Dwayne Wade. Yes. Oh man! Yeah, we both liked him. We both liked him for well. I liked him for his sex appeal a lot too. Like he just yeah, he like the second you see him, you're like, that's a well put together man right there. Yeah. Biggest regret of 2021. This is a great. We're talking about resolutions, but let's talk about regrets. Okay. That should be a kind of a thing everyone does on (laughs) on New Year's Eve. Talks about their biggest regret. Okay. In front of everyone. Wow. Yeah. So mine is uh, at the top of the list. Is neglecting to ask Dwayne Wade if we could join his spades group. He has Wade Wade Spades Spades tournament. And then so I had that on my list. I totally forgot to bring it up. And then we had another guest who's coming up who's fantastic. And then it came up about Wade Spades and I, I lost it. But then we also discovered once that came up that that guest, forthcoming guest, liked it. That's all we talked about for 45 minutes. So it's probably bad for arm cherries. Yeah. But- Anyway, still a regret. And okay. If, um, so if someone in, in Dwayne's life could tell him, I really, we all want in on the spades. We got to get in on it. Yes. We're like out here in a desert on our own, just huddled together, and, 12 know, of us playing. And I think it will teach us where we are. Like right mm-hmm. now it's just us playing in this bubble and like, what if we're actually really bad? We don't know because we're not playing with other what people. What if we're the best that's ever played? Okay, that's another way to look at it. Glass half full. Because you know, I've long ruled out that I'm ever going to be a state champion. Yeah. So this like opens the door to potentially having a trophy or something. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, that's a good regret. Do you have mm. any others? Mm. Trying to think, do it. What are my regrets? I definitely have some. I'm sure. I don't feel like I I think about regrets very much. I don't either. I'm not looking back very much. I'm looking forward a lot. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Real quick, I had another really big resolution. Oh, I want to hear. Which was to buy a new lampshade. That's right. And I accomplished that one already. You already did it. You did it this morning. Oh, I did it last year. You did it last year. Yeah. Didn't you have a different, you had another shopping goal. Oh, you want to buy everything the first time you want. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a regret. Oh, that's your regrets. Oh, is my all, They're gosh. all shopping yes. regrets. I have a lot of shopping regrets that <sighs> I saw stuff like, oh, okay. The main one is these sunglasses. Mm. Um, I bought them, love them so much. Lost them. Yeah. Then when we were in London, I saw that they were on sale or, you know, for sale. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got (laughs) to 
buy these again. I mean, they're my favorite sunglasses. I lost yeah. them. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll get, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll be back. So I'll get them then. Next day, gone. Gone forever. Couldn't find them anywhere. Oh, my god! Biggest regret on my life. Oh, my God. Oh, your <laughs> life. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a cool resolution. Going to buy everything as soon as I see it. The second you like it, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever look at Your resolution is to never look at a price tag again. Just buy, just carry, carry it to the register. It's the worst. <laughs> okay. Dwayne. Wade. Dwayne Wade. Facts. Uh, what did Obama say when he made the shot? Uh, he said, that's what I do. Yeah. And I'm going to play it. That's what I do. Oh, wow. Okay. That was pretty that, good. That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> that's what I do. Okay. It's pretty good. It, it is. It is. I want to play it, though. Okay. Obama, basketball, Biden. That's what I do. Oh, gosh. Make the big shots. I feel stressed trying to type all this because... I know the longer it takes, the more you'll more say. More I have to fill. Yeah, I'm scared. Okay. Michelle. Oh. Will you? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Sasha. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just filling until the audio takes. Just wait. Oh, That's what I do. That's what I do. Oh, 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 net. Oh, oh, net. That's Biden saying all net. He means nothing but net, but yeah. Okay. Do they still have the rule that college players have to pass the ACT with a certain score or did they get rid of this? I did find that they, right now, because of COVID, they have taken. Currently suspended. Yeah. They've taken out the rule for now. Yeah. It might come back, but they, they are they're saying it it's because of COVID. I hope it doesn't too. I hated that story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charlie just told us that one of Dwayne's sons is going to be in the NBA. Is NBA bound. Yeah. That's we didn't know incredible. that. It's so cool. I feel like sometimes I watch videos of LeBron's kids. Mm-hmm. And one of them also does seem really good at basketball. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he enormous? He's tall, I think. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I love his Instagram and with his family. They do like all these videos together. LeBron does? Yes. Like Will Smith. Yeah, I don't follow Will, actually. Oh, Will's a blast. Oh, wow. I need to follow LeBron. I don't think I do. His family will do TikToks and stuff. and It's cute. Why don't I follow him? Callie still isn't following you. Just an update for 2022. I do follow Callie, though. I know. I follow Callie. Yep. She does not follow me. She can't be bothered. No. Nope. And then we're trying to make kind of a bit about it. And she doesn't care about that either, which is so gangster. I love it. She's not participating. That's no, what's funny. She's not. Like, it seems like now she's not following me intentionally to be funny. Still not it. No. No. She's just not, just hasn't really think, not Doesn't think about, about it unless you bring it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, that's kind of it for today. Tomorrow's your birthday. Yeah. You're going to be... 96. 96. Yeah, I made it. No. Uh, 47. 47. Oh. Looking like a 30-year-old boy. <laughs> Looking Big eye bags great. and a scraggly beard. No. Fresh-faced 30-year-old. How do you feel about your upcoming birthday? Well, I can tell you... This is the same. What, what do we just say that, that these are predictable? These are predictable patterns. So my pattern around this time is it's the same for every year. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I hate odd numbers. <laughs> yeah. 
when I'm turning an even number, I focus really hard on my birthday, yes. which was last year, 46. Yeah. I was like, I'm turning 46, going to be a great year, 46, even. four and six. So now I'm all about 22 and I'm not thinking about 47 because I don't like 47. You can't divide 47 by anything but sure. 47. <laughs> sure. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Ugh. But How can you put that many objects together, 47 things, and you can't divide it by two? That's kind of You can't special. put it in a... I hate it. Okay. But you love 2022 because there's Fucking a lot of, lot oh of evens in that. Speaking of, that was um, one of the bad omens. So I got these candle sparklers that, you know, there was a two, a zero, a two, and a two. And we didn't have a cake to put them in. Right. So I put them in some lemons. Very L.A. Mm, and, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. I thought someone read on like Etsy that that's how you don't no. get ash everywhere or something. Use lemons. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought that was so intentional. No, okay. no, no. So then I tried to light them. With little success. Yeah. It took me a <laughs> while and then I never got that zero going. No. But did did Ryan or Charlie, someone stepped in? Yeah, at the end, like at a couple end, minutes later. A couple of the guys got involved. Just zero <laughs> on its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a rough start. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But, you know, again, we don't need to have expectations because it was still a wonderful night. Oh, regardless. Incre- incredible. So that's incredible. the lesson. Mm. No expectations. Yeah. By the way, that would be the greatest resolution a human could exactly. have. So you know what we say in AA? Resentment's waiting to happen. Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Some guys are even clever enough to say our resentment's under construction. Wow. Kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love you. I love you. And I'm excited for this year. It's going to be a great year. 2022. You're not going to get more stable than that. I hope I live to 40, 40, 44. Wow. Four, 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 four. Four fours. That would be the dream day. That's why I got to do no food waste. Got to keep this planet going so we can get to four, 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 four together. I got to live 2,420. No, in 18 years. You can do it. Okay. I love you. I love you. Okay. 